Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Time Radio. I'm not Bruce Buffer, I'm TJ DeSantis, and Bruce is doing a million things. But don't worry, not an archive show. We're live, we're here, ready to rock. Um, but Bruce actually has a comedy night tonight. Uh, that forced him to jump out of the studio before we could even record an intro. That's right. Lifting the curtain back a little bit. Behind the scenes stuff. Sometimes we record the show out of order. Today was one of those uh, instances. And uh, honestly, the reason we had to do it this way. And- Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer. <laughs> piano tuner. Or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Bruce had to leave is because we went incredibly long with our guest, Chris Bell. If you don't know who Chris Bell is, um, I'm sure you've probably seen some of his work. Uh, He did the uh, Blockbuster documentary called Bigger, Stronger, Faster, about uh, steroids, PEDs, and uh, nutritional supplements. Um, movie's got to be 10 years old, maybe even more at this point. Uh, still very much worth your time. You should check that out. Last time we had him on the show, we talked about his other film called Prescription Thugs, which was coming out uh, at the time. And today, uh, we have him on because uh, a few weeks ago, I mentioned, maybe it was even last week, um, I mentioned that I had watched his latest film, which was called um, A Leaf of Faith, which is about Kratom, um, which is a natural supplement um, that is used to help relieve uh, relieve pain for people. Uh, It's been used for thousands of years in in Asia. Uh, However, it's come under attack here in the United States. And you got to question why. There have been some deaths uh, related to Kratom, um, but when you dig back the, uh, you know, skin of that, you know, first instance and notion of multiple deaths, uh, you realize that, yeah, but there was a lot of other things that may have contributed to death in those situations. And then you dig even deeper and start to realize that it's quite possible that big pharma 
is trying to shut down Kratom. Um, in a time where opiates are killing people every couple of minutes, and that's not hyperbole, you got to wonder why anyone would want to fight against an alternative to pain medication that sometimes ends up causing people to become heroin addicts. So we talked to Chris about that today on the program. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about UFC 244. Uh, the BMF title was up for grabs last weekend uh, in Madison Square Garden. We also talk about the USADA positive uh, that um, Nate Diaz had. Uh, we talk about that with Chris Bell, who uh, has a relationship with ne uh, Jeff Nowitzki, and um, get his thoughts on that. Um, what else is going on? Um, UFC is coming up this weekend in Moscow. You should watch that. Uh, Calvin Qatar takes on uh, Ma uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov. That's going to be a, a, a fun fight. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, I would tell you to go to Bruce Buffer's comedy night tonight, but you'll hear this tomorrow, so it doesn't work. We'll talk about that a little bit before the show is over as well. So sorry for not giving you the punchy buffer open, you know, from the shores of Malibu uh, where the waves are pumping. Sorry. Um, but yeah, sit back, enjoy uh, another episode right here of It's Time with Bruce Buffer. It's time. You asked for it and you got it at BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. And now, very excited to have a friend of the show, a friend of mine, back on the show again. None other than the man, Chris Bell, the documentary expert. And we're going to tell you why, if you don't already know. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing really good. Really, really good. Thank you so much. Chris, you know, we had you on the show before. We talked about your past, the past work you've done, documenting the negative, positive effects of all, you know, steroids, PEDs, everything that people go through. Your career has definitely matured far beyond that at this point with many other projects that you've had in the Kipper so far. And they're fascinating, all the projects that you do. One quick question. I want tell me about your last film documentary project, the one that's out now for all of us to see and where can we see it? Sure. The most recent film I did is called a leaf of faith. Um, a leaf of faith is about Kratom. Kratom is a plant from Southeast Asia. That's in the same family as the coffee family. And it works much like all the opioid painkillers that have caused all the problems and addiction in this country. However, it doesn't have the same problems with addiction that we see with all the opioids of abuse. Uh, so a lot of people have been using Kratom to either get off of opioids or using it just uh, in general for pain, anxiety, depression, PTSD, with some pretty outstanding and amazing results um, without pharmaceutical drugs. However, the FDA and the DEA, of course, don't like that because it's, you know, unsanctioned and uh, it's, it's sort of in this gray area. So the movie was really about the fight to keep Kratom legal, uh, which through the with the help of uh, Joe Rogan, your buddy Joe Rogan, we were actually able to keep it legal by going on his podcast and, uh, and talking about it and have a lot of people write into the government. So it's a really interesting film that sort of uh, climaxes with... Uh, 
with Rogan being part of it, which was really cool. Oh, that's cool. I wasn't aware that Joe was so so much into that. Now, you know, with Kratom, if you could give it in a couple lines, what are the actual health effects of Kratom? Um, so it will, it helps kill pain. Um, it helps alleviate anxiety, uh, helps fight depression in a lot of people, uh, helps a lot of people with PTSD. It also helps a lot of people just get away from uh, addiction in general. So what it does and the way the, the mechanism in which it does that, which is just really scary to a lot of people, it's an opioid. So it's a, but it's a mild opioid. And the problem with opioids that are on the market, the opioids of abuse, when they, those opioids leave your receptors, they damage the receptor, making you want more. When Kratom leaves a receptor, it's natural. It's a lot less potent. There's no damage to the receptor. It doesn't leave you wanting more. So it doesn't give you the same kind of crazy withdrawal effects and the same kind of crazy side effects that uh, the other pills of abuse do. The interesting part is that you're not allowed to adulterate Kratom. Otherwise, that goes against FDA laws and rules. But if you adulterate Kratom, you could actually take anything that could be potentially bad in it, you could get rid of it. So we basically have the, the, we have the cure for the opioid epidemic in our hand, and nobody's doing anything about it. And that's what drives me nuts. Okay. And one thing I wanted to say when I was looking up on Kratom, they, they said, and again, how does this uh, relate to what we're all discussing here? There have been 44 as of November 2017 and February 2018. The FDA issued a public health advisory about, you know, the deadly risks associated with Kratom. And they claim there's been mm -hmm. 44 reports of Kratom-related deaths. But that could, be, that could be also because they're using them in combination with other illicit or prescription drugs. Would, would that be Absolutely. the case? Absolutely. Those are those, – every single case besides one, every single case is what they call polypharmacy, which means the person was taking Kratom, but they were also taking heroin and Xanax and like 10 other things, Right. So it's hard to say that Kratom is what killed them. Um, the other thing is a lot of those are suicides, which you can't, you know, sort of like in Bigger, Stronger, Faster, where, you know, you can't blame steroids necessarily for suicide. Um, they can, of course, it can contribute to things, and Kratom might have contributed to something um, in somebody, but it's definitely not the cause of it, and you can't really conclusively uh, link that. Um, the other thing with, uh, you know, as we saw 44 people supposedly die, from Kratom at that same, in that same time period, we saw, you know, 72,000 people die from opioid abuse. So, you know, which one is it? Which one are you going to have? <laughs> you know, to me, um, you know, more people have died from Tide Pods, uh, eating Tide Pods and, and trying to chug cinnamon. Now, the one death that was from Kratom, that was a legitimate death from Kratom was because people do what they call a toss and wash. So a lot of people don't understand that Kratom is a fat-soluble uh, substance. So Kratom does not dissolve in water. So people try to mix it in water, and it's sort of like if you ever try to mix cinnamon in water, it doesn't really want to mix up. So what people do is they do what they call toss and wash. They'll take like a tablespoon of Kratom, dump it in their mouth, and then dump down you know, uh, some water with it, some orange juice or whatever. And this person in particular choked on it and died. So it had nothing to do with what the substance was. It was a choking death. And so they attribute that to Kratom. However, if you just simply mix Kratom into coconut milk or regular milk or something that has fat in it, it'll mix right up just like any, any other shake. Gotcha. So it's kind of crazy that that happened and they blame it on Kratom, but that's just the way that these stats go. 
you know, they're right. kind of, it's like the, it's like the vaping issue right now. It's like, you know, we have 400,000 people dying of smoking cigarettes and six people die from vaping. And then everybody's all crazy about vaping, you know? Yeah. But a lot of the vaping and I, cigarettes, I, cigarettes are, cigarettes are still legal. Like you can get them anywhere, but they want to cut down on the vape. You know, it's all about money, bro. It's all about money. You know how it is. Pharmaceutical <laughs> companies and yeah. tobacco companies basically helping run this country. You know, the, uh, the Kratom is, it's, it's well known they claim to be addictive, but Kratom's an herbal product, right? And I know it, like you said, originated in Southeast Asia. So in Southeast Asia, where they buy it, do they need a prescription as we, I assume, no, no. need a prescription here? It actually, you know, interestingly enough, in Thailand, where the, the country of origin, where it's originally from, in 1942, I believe, Thailand banned it because um, people were out in the fields working all day. So people took Kratom for productivity. People that took Kratom weren't drug addicts. They were people that were out working in fields all day and they would pick Kratom leaves and they would chew on them and it would make them work harder. So they would work all day out in the fields and they would chew on these Kratom leaves. Well, what happened was they started spreading that to like other people and other people were saying, oh, wow, I like the way this feels. This feels great. And a lot of people actually stopped using opium. They stopped using heroin and opium and they just started using Kratom. So it cut way into the uh, opium business back in the day in the 40s, and nobody was using, you know, less people were using uh, opium in Southeast Asia, so they banned it. And when they banned it, the opium sales, you know, went back up. Kratom became highly illegal. Um, people were still chewing it out in the field and stuff like that, but as far as, like, selling it or trading it or anything, it became highly illegal. And then, like, I think last year, after 70 years of it being illegal, and then seeing what go, went on over here in the United States with us trying to make it illegal and then it failing, they just said, you know what, we, we should put this back on the market. And so they just repealed their, uh, their ban on it like last year. So it's now legal in, um, in Thailand, but um, it's been you know, legal in like Malaysia and everywhere. They, they started growing it over in uh, Indonesia and Malaysia and it's, it's been legal over there for quite some time. And here you need a prescription, correct? No, it's, it's, it's basically, no, no yeah. here you can, it's, it's like a gray market. So gotcha. uh, you can buy it at like smoke shops. So I, I sell my own brand. My brand's called mind bullet. We sell mind bullet online because uh, that's kind of the easiest way to sell it. However, we have to sell it with an e-check. So if you want to buy it, you have to use your checking account not your, you can't use a credit card because it violates the, um, <laughs> violates the, the uh, ethics code of the credit cards, which is just so crazy because you can go buy opioids with a credit card. You can go buy alcohol with a credit card. You can buy cigarettes. You can buy anything that kills you with a credit card, but God forbid you buy some Kratom. You, know? um, you can marijuana, buy weed with a credit card now in some places. Yeah, I was going to say marijuana was a cash business, but now they're allowing you to use credit cards. Listen, TJ's got a question for you, but one thing you just brought up, I take cinnamon every day. I like it in my coffee. I put it in my coffee when I'm, you know, uh, brewing it. You said chewing yep. cinnamon. So you're, are you saying that cinnamon is an issue if you ingest too much or you ingest it in an edible no, fashion? No, no, no. Um, so, no, so cinnamon is actually great for you. It's a glucose disposal agent. It kind of works. It mimics like um, things like chromium and um, and alpha lipoic acid. So basically it works like an insulin mimicker. So it actually helps keep your blood sugar low. So cinnamon's great for you. What I was saying is that like cinnamon, you know, when you put it in your coffee, it doesn't really dissolve in the coffee right. unless you have some like he heavy cream in the coffee or something like that. It won't really like mix in. It'll just kind of float. Yeah. So yeah, if you were, so 
these kids on the internet were doing what they called the cinnamon challenge. And the cinnamon challenge is like you dump a tablespoon of cinnamon in your mouth and you try to swallow it with no water. And that, and I think some kids died from that. And that's what I was talking about it being, it's dangerous if you do it like that, but I don't think you're doing that. Well, you're not. <laughs> stupid is stupid is as stupid does. Go ahead, TJ. I have a billion questions exactly. uh, for you, Chris. And, and I think uh, yeah, I have the luxury of uh, watching the film. I don't think Bruce has been able to see it yet. He's been traveling all over uh, like a maniac. I, I happened to see it on Netflix on a day that I was home with my son who was uh, sick from school. And I mean, you sent me down the, the rabbit hole on this one, my friend, because I mean, we, we talk constantly, Bruce, you'll uh, reaffirm this. Like we talk every week about the uh, opioid crisis in this country and the steps to take care of it. I, I mean, they seem half-hearted at best and more often than not when, you know, something looks like it actually is going to be done uh, to change it, it, lobbying gets in the way or it just, you know, falls by the wayside and we worry about something else. And and here watching this this film again, uh, A Leaf of Faith, people should check it out. I saw it on Netflix. Um, it, the answer might be right there. And, and one thing that I saw was the, uh, the, the gentleman that used to wrestle with your brother and he was talking about how many um, like, like hydrocodone pills he would take in a day. And that's all really, you know, harmful to your body. And he talks about, you know, taking Kratom and then you go into your store and you're very transparent with, um, you know, the issues that you've had with pain and, and getting on medication and, and being on medication while you're making the film uh, prescription thugs. I, I, I'm curious. I want to hear your thoughts on really what it is like to be able to replace that medication, one that makes you, you know, physically and, and probably also mentally addicted to it, like these pain medications, to be replaced essentially with a, uh, I guess we'll call it a drug, but something that is natural that is not, um, you know, mind-altering or, or you know, giving you that feeling of, of oh, man, I want to do this whether I'm not uh, in pain or whether I am in pain. Is it really as awesome as it seems on the outside looking in that someone can basically trade an opioid dependency for something that isn't going to destroy their lives? You know, what's interesting about it is like, um, you know, opioids will still be more powerful. Um, opioids will still be a lure for some people. Uh, opioids will definitely, you know, they, they give you a feeling that nothing else gives you. And that's why they're so addictive. I'm not going to lie. They feel great. You know, um, that's why people do them. So uh, Kratom will also make you feel great, but not necessarily as great. But part of part of what goes along with that greatness is a lot of bad things. You know, I used to do things on opioids that made me not me, you know, where I knew like it almost felt like an out of body experience. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I know this is wrong, you know, and you would just do things that weren't you that weren't normally you. And, you know, you'd yell at people, you'd be rude to people, you know, you're just doing things, just stupid, drinking and driving. I would do all sorts of crazy things that, like, just weren't in my DNA, you know. And um, with Kratom, it was just so different. Now, I have to say that I took a break. I got off of prescription painkillers through rehab. And after I went to rehab is when I found Kratom, and I found Kratom more for pain. So a lot of people say, oh, it's like going from one thing to another. But I didn't do that. I like went from doing, so I went from doing prescription painkillers to doing nothing. And I did nothing for like a year. Mm. And then I found Kratom 
And when I found Kratom, it was specifically to use for pain. So I never got, I never associated it with that feeling of being high. Right. Like I've never really put two and two together. Like, oh yeah, this is that same high feeling. Like it's never been the same. And it doesn't, it doesn't like necessarily get you in the same space as, um, as an opioid, but it definitely gets rid of the, uh, you know, for a lot of people, I don't know about the withdrawal effects because I didn't go through withdrawals, you know, on, you know, with, with using Kratom. So I, I don't know, necessarily know how that feels. I can't really comment on that, right. but I've helped a lot of people, you know, after I did the movie, um, people would hit me up all the time and say, Hey, how do I get off opioids? And I have to be responsible as a filmmaker. I said, listen, I can't tell you how to get off opioids. But what I can tell you is if you go on Reddit and you go into quitting, you know, quitting opioids, the, uh, the subreddit quitting opioids, you can find out how to do it, you right. know, because I have to be responsible. I can't sure. give people, I'm not a doctor and I can't tell people like, Hey, this is what you do and have people have all sorts of issues. And like, you know, when you get people asking you for like medical advice and stuff, it gets scary because you have no idea. You haven't met the person. You don't see what condition they're in. You know, and so you can't really just tell people willy nilly, like, yeah, go ahead and try it. So I, I just tell people, here's the facts, here's what it is, here's what you do. Um, but I've seen people do some crazy things with Kratom uh, that were just like shocking. So I, I had a guy who had a 40 year alcohol problem, he was an alcoholic for 40 years. He just started taking Kratom, and next thing you know, he stopped drinking. Wow. Like, well, that doesn't normally happen, but it did happen. Right. You know, and I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, they have all sorts of pain. I see all the time on Twitter and I try to tweet people all the time because I see like, um, like Lady Gaga, she'll go on and say, my fibromyalgia pain is so bad. And I'll tweet like, you got to try Kratom, you know, um, actually Sylvester Stallone was a guy. I had his brother, Frank, who Bruce, I know, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I gave it to Frank and Frank's like, I'm going to give it to Sly. Gave it to Sly. Sly called me, which I was so excited. He's my hero ever since I was a little kid. And if you guys saw Bigger, Stronger, Faster, you know I love Sylvester Stallone. So he called me, and I was, like, so excited that he called me. I talked to him about it for about 45 minutes. He started using it. He felt great. And then three days later, um, somebody came to him and said, I can't believe you're taking that. You know how bad that is. It's addictive. And he went online and read all the crap that's online that I was trying to fight in my movie. And he just believed it. And so he stopped taking it. Mm. And it's like all Kratom really needs is one person. It needs that one guy who's famous who says, you know what? I'm in a lot of pain and I take this. Like I got it to Tunaway, who's like the Rock's uh, stunt double because I know he has a lot of pain. He loves it. And so I'm waiting one day. Like, I hope it just drifts into, into the other hands. You know mm. what I mean? Right. Because all it really needs is, is one person to say, hey, this is okay. And I think our opioid epidemic goes out the window. I think it's done. I, I honestly believe that because they can make drugs out of this so they can still make money. They can make drugs out of this that aren't addictive. And we've seen the science behind it. I've been to the University of Florida where Dr. Chris McCurdy is doing all this work and I've seen it firsthand and I know it can be done. And it's just a matter of like putting some, and I don't know why somebody isn't putting the billions behind it because they really could solve the problem. Right. Let me, hey, re- real quick, Bruce, just let me have one more. I know, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. like I've been, I've been chomping at the bit to have Chris on because uh, this subject hits close to home for me because you, you hit the buzzword a moment ago, Chris. You talked about fibromyalgia 
Um, my wife was diagnosed with fibromyalgia uh, earlier this year, and it had been uh, about an 18-month process to actually figure out, you know, sort of what was wrong with her. And at the end of all these tests, they're like, ah, it's fibromyalgia. You can't really do much, but try to work out, you know, eat a better diet, and hopefully it goes away. Here, take some of these medications, but none of which are all natural. Now, seeing Kratom, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to figure out how to get my hands on this. And the first thing I do is run over to Wikipedia where it says its legal status in the United States is a drug of concern uh, subject to import bans and sale for consumption is illegal. I couldn't find it on Amazon. You said that you sell it uh, yourself, but it's it's hard to figure out really what its legal status is and, and how to get it depending on where you are in the country. Is this something that I can still get at a smoke shop, you know, just up the road? Yeah, you should be able to get it at smoke shops. Um, I know, for example, where you guys are, there's a smoke shop in Venice right on Lincoln um, by Gold's Gym. Oh. Off of, like the end of Sunset on Lincoln, they have, um, they have tons of Kratom. They have about 15 uh, different brands. The problem with Kratom is there's like a lot of bad actors in it. There's right. a lot of people that have heard about this, you know, in one way or another, even people that have watched a leaf of faith and they just go out and they crank out their own brand. And what they're doing is they're not testing it because that, that's where the FDA drops the ball, right? Because the FDA is trying to say like, you can't sell this as a dietary supplement. What they did is they made it real easy for a lot of people to get sick. So there was a big, uh, there was a big, uh, what do you call it? Salmonella scare with Kratom in 28 states because the FDA isn't checking on this at all. So they just say, hey, it's not our deal. And they just kind of throw their hands up. And, um, and so they're not, you know, they're not checking in on any of these companies and things are just getting sold anyway, because the FDA really, there is no, you don't have to get FDA approval to sell a supplement. You, the FDA can tell you, hey, you need to take this off the market, but you don't need any sort of approval. You don't ever need to even talk to the FDA. You can just put something out they find out about it. They say, hey, this is illegal. They pull it off the shelves. So it's really a bad system that we have. And that's sort of allowed a lot of bad actors to get into the, into the business. Like now ours, uh, Mind Bullet, that we sell, um, we sell that, but we test our product, you know, three times. Like when it comes into us, we test it, then it goes out and gets bottled. They test it at the bottling facility. <clears throat> when it comes back, it gets tested again. So it gets tested several times to know that what's in there is what's in there and that there's no impurities in it, like E. coli, salmonella, and bacteria, heavy metals, all that stuff. And a lot of these companies, because it's about $5,000 cheaper per batch to not test it, a lot of companies just aren't, they just forego that to save the money. And so you gotta be kind of careful with the brands that you buy. You know, I have to say that most of the Kratom in the United States is actually pretty good, but you know, it's kind of like, if you go for the cheap brand, just beware. You might be buying something that's probably not tested. Well, I, I don't, that, I don't, I don't know my checking account number off the top of my head, and that's the only thing that's stopping me from buying your brand right now. I will do it before the end of the day. That's, yeah, that's the problem with a lot of people. Is like, um, they're like, I don't even have checks anymore. And I'm like, if we were, if we were selling this with uh, credit cards, I think it'd be a lot easier. But um, you know, then again, it's like, I think that that over time the um, I think the walls will come down and I think people will start being able to have more access to it. And also too, it's like a lot of these products, like uh, for instance, CBD oils that are on the market and other products, 
you got to be beware. I mean, as great as China is and all that it outputs, they, they claim you just never know what's in the products if they're being made in China and being distributed over here. So would you recommend if you're exactly. buying Kratom, aside from buying your product, Mind Bullet, stick strictly in the U.S. of A.? Is that, uh, is that well, what you, you say know, or, or still be careful? Yeah, there's several there's several brands out there. So I made when I made the film, I made it with a company called Urban Ice Organics. They're mm. out of Vegas. They're a really big company. They're good. There's a company called Thrive. They're good. Um, certain companies have, um, you know, test their products. I would say like any of the bigger brands test their products. So like if you go in, just don't price shop for Kratom. Like there's a brand called Crave and it's really super cheap. But the capsules are smaller and like, who knows what's in it? You know, who knows what they're doing because it's so right. damn cheap. Right. So like, I just stay away from stuff like that, you know? Gotcha. You know, the drug companies, they say, may pay up to $50 billion for their role in the opiate crisis. Uh, you have Dana White at UFCs when you're in the arena. Uh, you see a video he makes talking about the opiate crisis. Of course, USADA uh, doing all that they're doing over there with the UFC. With this... Uh, situation with the drug companies do you think that as they get hit with these fines like for instance um they're proposing to pay a combined 18 million at johnson and johnson along with others 18 billion you know is coming up in their wow. talks and trying to settle it for four billion in the settlement uh teva pharmaceuticals supposedly contributing 15 billion in anti-addiction drugs and in addition 15 billion towards the distribution of those drugs there's so much money being tossed around do you ever feel that this opiate crisis in america and as well as others i've heard that opiate addiction in the uk is like 25 percent of the population or some crazy number close to that it's it's just wild do you ever see this calming down or is it just something that's going to continue as the drug companies continue to make money you know what? It's hard to say. I wish they would just, like I said, I wish they would just end it. Um, we've seen in this country, you know, things like quaaludes, for example, back in the day, they were mm -hmm. killing people. Nobody can get quaaludes anymore. 714, like, baby, 714. Yeah. And so opioids, I think, like, I don't think they should be totally banned or need to totally go away. They're great drugs for the problems that we need them for. But mm -hmm. I don't think that anybody should be able to go home with them. Like, if you need to go home with them, you should be in the hospital. Yeah. Like if you're I in agree. that much pain, you should be in the hospital and people will be like, no, that's crazy. Like, what if you break your leg? What if you stay in the hospital until you're better? It's better than being an opioid addict. Like look what an opioid addict would cost you compared to what the hospital stay would cost you. Like being an opioid addict will cost you everything, including your life. And, you know, I can vouch for that with, you know, my brother not being here anymore. And a lot of my friends not being here anymore. You know, people die from it. It's not a joke not something to play around with it's people die they're gone forever and it's done and um i just think it's something that we we could definitely easily get rid of the thing to me that is mind-boggling is the fact that people are like well kratom's addictive and you're like are you kidding me look at what we're up against we're up against this monster we're up against this uh cart fentanyl which is an elephant tranquilizer where cops are touching it and they're getting sick from just touching it. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's that strong. And so, you know, we are up against a monster of a drug and we have no way to battle it. And I think that, um, you know, I would love to talk to Dana White and some of these people about doing more with the opioid epidemic because, like, I know how to fix it. Like, I literally know how to fix it. I just need some people with some power to listen and to well, get know, involved. Uh, you know, the CBDs have been talked about a lot for and, and I've used them too for, for pain relief and such as that, uh, Kratom, as you're talking about for the relief, do you feel that CBDs 
uh, or certain forms of CBDs are really, really helpful towards pain relief? No, actually not at all. So um, I think CBD is the biggest scam going in the, I know a lot of people are going to be against me for this, but. No, um, say it, say it, I want to hear it. If you look at the science of CBD, I think it's the biggest scam going in the history of medicine, like in the history of medicine. So people are making so much money off of CBD and they're putting it in everything, right? And I'm not saying that CBD does not work, but CBD is effective for pain at a thousand milligrams or more in every study that shows that it's effective for pain. So a thousand milligrams, right? If you're drinking like CBD water, and it's like, oh, it's five milligrams of CBD. How many of those are you gonna have to drink to get an effective dose, mm-hmm. right? How much CBD do you need to take? Even when you buy a $20 Cushy Punch CBD uh, gummy, it's got 30 milligrams of CBD in it. You need a thousand. That, that costs $20 for 30 milligrams. Or, or I think it, maybe it's more than, maybe it's 60 milligrams. But either way, it's not a lot, right? And if I want to get a thousand milligrams of CBD, which I've done, by the way, because I wanted to try it, I've tried, um, I had a bottle that the whole bottle was 5,000. And so I took that bottle and I basically took three full dropper fulls, put it under my tongue and I waited an hour to see if the pain went away and I felt no different, you know, and I have a lot of pain. So it's easy for me to tell if something's working, something's not working. I take a couple Kratom pills. I've been taking it for like for three years. Still to this day, it still works for me. It's still effective, still fights the pain, still gets me out of pain. So, um, you know, I don't know. To each their own. I, a lot of people, they, they vow, you know, they love CBD. I, even now, Rogan, I hear Rogan talking a lot about it. Um, but I think that CBD may be effective for like other things in smaller doses, like anxiety, depression, making you feel a little, a little bit better, brightening up the day. And for those reasons, I think it's fine if that's what you're using it for. But I think to specifically sell it to people and tell them that they're going to get out of pain, it'll work 16% better because it's a placebo and a placebo effect works up to about 16%. So to me, that's all it is. Very interesting. Those are, those are quite, uh, selective factual statements that I'm taking to heart. I, uh, thank God, don't suffer from a lot of pain, you know, unless I injure myself. CBDs for me, or I take it before I sleep, when I'm on the road, when I'm on a plane, uh, stressed, you know, relaxes me. Um, all the things you said it is beneficial for. I have yet to really um, go after it for a pain relief, but what you're saying makes total yeah. sense. Hey, it makes w- total sense. One thing that you talk next about. Time you get, next time you get hurt, just try it. Try a bunch of, take two or three doses of it. Be like, let me see if my knee still hurts hmm. after I take this. And gotcha. See if it, you know, just test it out. Well, gotcha. Well, one thing that you talk about in the film, Chris, is that not only does America sort of have an opioid problem, but we, we have a pain problem. And the way that we deal with it is just, I think, sort of fundamentally broken. Um, I have yeah. a I have a spine problem. I I've, I've just have really poor posture. And, you know, it, it all stems from my feet. I have flat feet. I slouch forward because my hamstrings are all messed up. Like, it, it's just, a, a, you know, a... Uh, one thing leads to another sort of uh, debacle. And I've gone to the doctor multiple times. I had to go to three doctors before I got the answer of, here's a physical therapist, go to them. The other two were just happy to write me uh, a 90-day prescription for hydrocodone with a 90-unit you know, 
thing of Soma and wow. send me along my my way. And like, that's not the answer I'm looking for. I don't want to sit in bed and be high all day. I want to try to fix the problem. Why do you think it is that way? Because I've heard that doctors make, you know, money because they write X amount of uh, prescriptions. Yeah, you know, but, well, but that's, that's definitely one thing, but I think it's education. So doctors are, they're there to fix the problem once you have it. But the problem is that we don't teach the doctors the number one most important thing. And this is going to be another controversial thing, but I think most things can be fixed by diet. I think most pain issues Agreed. can be fixed by what you put in your mouth. Agreed. And so everybody's putting the wrong shit in their mouth. They're eating Pop-Tarts and granola bars, and they're expecting to, to, that their knee's going to heal up. But you can't be eating those kind of foods that don't jive with our physiology. You know, we've been meat eaters for 3.5 million years. And you have all these people now talking about this Game Changers movie and going plant-based, and that's not the, that's not the answer either. America's already 70% plant-based. We're the fattest country in the world next to Mexico. You know, we, we are, you know... We're a mess. You know, we're fat, we're sick, and we're dying. Um, over half the people that are in the hospital today, over half in the United States, are there because of what they ate. They're there for a metabolic condition or a condition caused by what they ate. Now, to get rid of those things, uh, what I've done is I've gone on, which is very controversial, but I'm on what they call a carnivore diet, which is an all-meat, an all-red meat diet, basically, where it's basically red meat and water you know, 90% of the time I do eat some other things here and there, but it's mainly, I'm mainly eating like red meat all the time, eating very low carbohydrates. And even just the fact of like cutting your carbohydrates out, especially your processed carbohydrates, things that aren't fruit and vegetables completely out of your diet. Um, I think will help so much. I think even just the fact of people cutting, if, if you don't want to go extreme and cut like everything out of your diet, like I do, cause I have really bad autoimmune issues. And a carnivore diet seems to mitigate all of that for me. What about those but fruits? If you don't have. What's that? I was, I'm sorry to interrupt, Chris. What about the fruits and vegetables, Chris? Do you eat fruit and fruits and vegetables? I mean, they're so important for you. No, no, not really. Uh, well, that's what a lot of people think, right? And everybody says, oh, you got to eat your vegetables. It's important. Well, why right. is it important? Because we've been told that. If you go on PubMed and search all the studies on PubMed, right. And you, look at, and you go look for vegetables and how they're beneficial, you'll find seven studies that say they're beneficial. You'll find 44 that say that they're neutral, that they're like, maybe they're good, maybe they're bad. You know, it's not really the, the amount of science that we've done, like real, real science on fruits and vegetables and things like that, isn't that great? You know, a lot of it's epidemiological, which is like, you know, hey, what'd you eat last week? It's done by surveys. So not a lot of the nutritional information that we actually have is really good. Every single vitamin, mineral, and nutrient that your body needs is pretty much found in animal products, and you can get it all from eating steak and eggs, you know, steak, eggs, and seafood. If you just gave people that and they just ate that, you really don't need fruits and vegetables. All those micronutrients and vitamins are there, but even better, they're there in more absorbable forms that our body can use. I'm stronger than I've ever been on a carnivore diet, which is sort of a testament to the fact that, like, I'm not eating things that are making me weaker. I'm not eating things that are making me sick. I'm not eating things that don't make me feel good. Mm. Now, a lot of people will say that but that's really restrictive, but I can live my life in pain or I can live my life free. And I choose to live it free of pain and free of, you know, of all this other crap. Right. And, and it's know- really changed my physique. I mean, I've, I've cut my body fat in half. I've never had an ab. Bruce, you know me for a long time. I've never been ripped in my life. And now, you know, I have abs and everything just by by not eating 
you know, crap. Well, that's absolutely true because I mean, your, your, your physique is completely different as long as I've known you and everything you're saying is absolutely correct in, re in, in response to your physique description and kudos for you because you, you deserve it, Chris. I mean, it's almost a transformation has taken place and I know Joe Rogan's real big on the meat diet and all. I personally um, am not a big meat eater. I mean, I eat a lot of fish. I eat a lot of uh, chicken and stuff, you know, for my proteins and such as that. So hopefully I'm getting my nutrients. Now, but do you not just not like red meat or what's? What's your um, issue with it? Well, you know, some of the issues, you know, the way it, you digest it and all, I mean, you know, they say the average human being has, or male has five pounds of, I don't know who it is, says this, but it's been said that the average American male by the time they're 50 has five pounds of impacted red meat in their intestines because of, you know, yeah, they're not, they're I, not I, eating. I would say, I would say, show me that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's all this bullshit out there. There's just so much stuff that's put out by people and you're like, okay, show me the five pounds of red meat impacted in my intestines and nobody can show it to you. You know, right, like, that's the problem right, is right. Like, we have all these, these things that people say and, you know, uh, and when you just find out, like, as I've gone down the rabbit hole of nutrition, I found out that almost everything we've been taught about nutrition is completely wrong. The food pyramid is based on money. Go back to money. You know, the, the reason do you think we need six to 11 servings of grain? I only had one serving of grains in, you know, two years, let alone like they say, oh, we need fiber. But you know, like if you actually look at the study on fiber, this is really interesting. The people, <laughs> people that were constipated, right? They, they did this study on fiber to find, they had people that were like seriously constipated. The people that had 100% remission of their constipation were the people where they removed 100% of the fiber. They removed 100% of the fiber and 100% of the people got better. And in the other groups, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. And so we're taught that we need fiber. We're told that we need it for human function. But I think the only reason we need it for human function is because we're eating so much other crap that the fibers, you know, we need, we need the fiber to push that other stuff out. But when you're not eating that, you know, we don't need it. So it's like they, they remove fiber from the diet. These people are completely fine. And, and so in looking at stuff like that, I, almost every study that I look at, comes up like that, where it's the complete opposite of what I thought it was going to say. You know, the, the thing about cholesterol, mm -hmm. right? Say, oh, okay, like your, your cholesterol is high. Well, good. I'm glad my cholesterol is high. The people with high cholesterol at an older age live longer. It's just a fact. So if you look at um, cholesterol, your doctor wants it below 200. Well, listen, 75% of the people that had a heart attack, 75% of the people that have a heart attack had cholesterol levels below 200. They had cholesterol levels where the doctor wanted them. So what does that say? Low cholesterol is the problem, not high cholesterol. Yet we've been sold a bill of goods to sell a lot of drugs and those drugs are completely unnecessary. I think the statin drugs are just a whole class of drugs that are completely unnecessary and they're the most sold drugs in the United States. And how do you feel about eggs? Eggs. I know you eat them all the time, so obviously you feel good. You know, I, I, one week eggs are good. One week eggs are bad. One week eggs are good. Now I'm told by my doctor, who's the head of cardiology at Cedar Sinai, that you know, eat just very few eggs a week, if at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I how, how, how do you how do you believe all these differences of opinions, including respectfully yours, which I'm riding with very strongly, of course, knowing I the way I know you, knowing the research you do. Eat as many eggs as, as you want to be full. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think eggs are a problem at all. I think some people do have a problem with a digestion of egg whites, but mm -hmm. egg yolks are completely fine. 
Uh, they're very nutrient dense. See, the thing is that an egg yolk has so many nutrients in it. You'd have to eat like seven salads to get what's in like an egg yolk, you know? And so people are like, Oh, what about your vegetables? Like, why don't you just eat an egg yolk? It's so much better for you. Um, I, I, I love is, what you're doing here, Chris, by the way, because you're, you're almost going the opposite way of most people. Like you're saying, Oh, don't eat the egg whites, eat the egg yolks. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people order eggs and they're like, Oh, I don't want anything to do with the yellow stuff. Just give me the egg white. Well, what I'm telling you, TJ is everything we've been taught about nutrition is wrong. Right. If you take the food pyramid and you flip it upside down, the meat would be on the top. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the, or the meat would be the, the base of it if, right. it. if it was flipped upside down, you know, it'd be, it'd be different. And, and that's kind of the way that we should eat. The last thing we should be eating is grains. You know, the last thing we should be eating is wheat, rice, and corn. That's like the very last thing to eat if you're starving, you know, and there's no other food around. But yeah, we've been, we've been sold a bill of goods so that we can sell a lot of drugs. Well, I mean, corn is really just starch and water. There's really no pure nutritional uh, effects of corn, is there? No, not a whole lot. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of just there, you know. Um, it's, and also, like, if you look at corn, the way corn is grass, the way that corn used to grow, you know, um, was these tiny little, if you go back and look at the way it used to look, and the, the GMOs and the things that we've done to plants. So everybody talks about this plant-based diet, but the plants that we have now, they're monsters compared to what they used to be. They're not the original plants that we used to eat. Do you know this, that you cannot give a chimpanzee in a zoo a banana off the store shelf because really? it'll get diabetes? What? <laughs> because they're too sweet. What? Yeah, they're too sweet. Wow. Oh, they're used to what? Like that. They're, used to eating, they're, they're used to eating the bananas that grow in the wild. So you give chimps... They, they tell you, don't feed the chimps bananas because bananas from the store will give them diabetes. That is bonkers. That's crazy. Oh, well, that's, that's the world we live in, you know? Yeah. I've also heard that like it's, it's impossible to grow corn that isn't cross-pollinated with whatever genetic strain is modified by Monsanto. Like it's like seed banks are the only source for actual, real, honest-to-goodness corn the way it, it was before uh, all of this uh, GMO. Yeah. And, you know, and, and a lot of this is like to control, you know, it's, it's, it's a control thing. Like, so people want everything to go plant-based, but what it really is, is it's a move. So we've heard of big pharma taking over the world. This is big foods bid to take over the world. If you get everybody to go plant-based, they can continue to make cheap foods that are easy to get everybody hooked on. And even things like the impossible burger, like that company, when you sort of trace it all back it goes back to monsanto again oh wow you know? and so you know start tracing things back and you start finding oh well they got to use the monsanto seeds too and you know it's like everything's bullshit and i i'm just so sick of it so i'm just like you know threw my hands up and said like hey i'm voting to get out of this i'm going to go over here and just eat meat and eat meat by good you know good producers you know and even even some of them bad like sometimes i'll just go get you know fast food because when what I've learned is that red meat is kind of red meat. You know, we, we have the same thing in the red meat world of like, it's got to be grass fed. Now, if you want the animals to be treated good, that's probably true. For the most part, there are some really good grain fed operations out there. Um, but, you know, some of the ways that we treat animals in this country need to go too. And so while I'm a very strong advocate of an animal based eating program, I'm also a very strong advocate for treating animals well and getting rid of animal cruelty. And that's something that we can do a lot better job of as, you know, people that are eating meat. Uh, well, I think that's something that we have a responsibility to do better at. I'm with you all the way on that. Just looking at how, uh, you know, a baby veal is 
produced <laughs> or made. It's, yeah, it's I'm not a it's, fan of veal. Like I don't, I don't really eat that. I don't subscribe to, you know, um, you know, certain things. Like I don't even eat chicken because I think chicken's disgusting the way that they raise it and grow it. So I don't really right. eat chicken. Uh, I don't eat much pork because kind of the same way they they just kind of feed the animals whatever. And yeah. so when you're buying like conventional pork, it's like, eh, I'm not really sure if I want to vote for that. But, you know, for the most part, ruminant animals like cows, they eat grass all day long. That's all they do. You know, they're out in the field. They eat grass. They turn that grass into great, you know, protein and fat for us. And um, that's, you know, I tell people I'm on a plant-based diet. Cows eat grass. I eat cows. That's plant-based to me. Well, we can agree on one thing, though. Processed foods are bad for you. Can we at least agree on that? I think, you know what? I think that's the key, right? So a lot of people like to argue, you know, is it vegan or is it carnivore? Should I eat plants or should I just eat animals? And I say, look, everybody in, in the world has eaten both, like all along, right? Everybody's eaten both all along. The people that are successful and the people that stay really healthy for a really long time are the people that shun all the processed foods, all the refined food products. So whether they're a vegan or a carnivore, of course, quitting the standard American diet and doing what I just said, jumping off that train and saying, I'm not going to live in the standard food pyramid and I'm not going to be on the standard American diet and jumping off of that track, I think is a great move for anybody, whether they decide to go plant-based or whether they decide to go animal-based. Now, here's the problem with a plant-based diet. The only problem really with a plant-based diet, and I'm not against it at all. I don't talk shit about it like a lot of people do. But the only problem with a plant-based diet really is that you're going to have to supplement with some other things, with some supplements. You know, um, There really is no way to get vitamin B12 and some of the other things that a vegan would need um, to be on that diet. However, vegetarian seems to work for a lot of people. Um, but you know, if you're going to be a true vegan, you're going to need to supplement with some things or you're going to develop deficiencies. Whereas we don't see that in the meat eaters, you know, but you know, if, if that's what somebody wants to do, then go ahead and do it. But a lot of people think that they're going to go plant-based because it's cruelty free and they're not killing any animals, but that's a whole nother argument because you kill a lot more animals when you harvest plants than you do ever killing in, you know, some cows. So that's a whole whole separate argument. Wow, this is a lot of information to absorb, TJ. It's almost like where do we find the happy medium because everything sounds so factually correct that Chris is saying, which I actually am con- calling it correct. I mean, it's hey, your, re- I, your research and your knowledge is incredible. Chris. I've, I've learned a lot from this oh, man in his films and, and sort of off-topic question, but on topic at the same time. Chris, when you started to kind of go down the, the rabbit hole and and, you know, even doing bigger, faster, stronger, did you have any idea that it was going to lead into this just sort of general information, changing the way people think about a variety of topics? Because you, you fostered a lot of thought. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea. You know what I mean? I, I really didn't have any idea that, um, <clears throat> you know, especially like, I don't know, I'm just a kid from Poughkeepsie that likes to lift weights. So I always say, you know, I moved to California with no um, expectations, you know, I just wanted to come out here and learn how to make movies. And I went to USC film school and um, just along the way, like Bruce knows, I went to Gold's gym way back in like 1995. And um, I think that's kind of where I got my education was Bruce knows all the same people I know. We, I just hanging out with all those kind of people 
sort of is what gave, what gave me that education and kind of opening my mind and just listening to everybody and then figuring out what works and what doesn't work and trial and error, you know? Well, being that you're a graduate so I of film, have no idea. Being that you're a graduate of USC film school, which I, I went to too, in some elective courses also, Mike, um, that's where John Milius, Steven Spielberg, all these great directors came out of. Here's a movie line for you, Chris. You're from Poughkeepsie, right? Okay. You ever pick your feet in Poughkeepsie? What movie is that from? Oh, you know what? I shit, I don't know. I know there's another movie that mentions Poughkeepsie. It's Ed Wood. Uh, Gene, um, you know Gene, Hack, Gene Hackman and the French Connection. That was his big thing when he went French in and busted Connection. people up. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I remember. I remember that line though. I definitely very, remember that line. That's all right. Very few of our listeners, if any, are going to get it. I, you know, I'm just a film buff, so I got all that. Chris, I'm going to let you go here, but real quick, yes or no? How's USADA doing? You happy with what they're doing? USADA, the uh, regulatory yeah. uh, commission for the UFC. Yes, I, I think. Um, you know what? I I thought that that's what this was going to be about, so I actually went and watched Jeff's statement. And Jeff Nowitzki is a friend of mine. He's a great so guy. Great guy. He's been watch, on the show. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Uh, I, you know, I wanted to make sure that what happened with Nate was all, you know, on the up and up, but you know, like that's, that's the problem is like, look at dietary supplements. Why is there SARMs <laughs> in a dietary supplement? SARMs are really strong. You know, they're like steroids. They're selective androgen, uh, receptor modulators. They basically like work on muscles like steroids do. Why would that be in a vegan supplement? It makes no sense. I don't put that on Nate. I don't, you know, I don't think Nate would have came out that strong yelling and screaming saying like, Hey, I didn't do this. If, if he did, you know, um, and I don't put it on Jeff things that are trying to hide anything the way that I heard. I honestly think that there's bad crappy supplement companies out there. That's why I warn people about the Kratom and stuff like that. But I think, um, I think Yusada is doing a good job. I just think as long as it doesn't get too crazy, it seems like it's getting a little bit in the weeds about some of these things and they might just have to allow some certain levels of some certain things. Just so like, like the John Jones picogram thing that was like, okay, let some acceptable levels be because we're obviously seeing that some stuff comes out in supplements. And so if it's not providing any physiological advantage, let's just make a, a buffer zone there. No pun intended. <laughs> so <that laughs> it's, all good. Have, uh, it's all good. I use it yeah. all the time. It's all good. Let's use the buffer zone. So that we don't have people failing tests because like once you want to cork that, like a lot of people think Nate Diaz cheated now, even though he didn't win, they think, well, he was cheating anyway, you know, cause once you let, uh, Jeff said the greatest thing that I heard him say, he said, um, the headline is on the front page, the retractions on the back. And that's the problem with it. So true. It's like, you'll hear, Hey, Nate Diaz is a cheater. And then like when it got, when it got fixed, I didn't even hear that it got fixed. All I, all I knew was the fight was back on, you know, that, that goes and, with a lot of, a lot of stories when people are accused of things, and, all people remember what they're accused of. By the way, just so you know, one of the things that gets me more fired up than anything is you, Bruce. <laughs> okay. It's so exciting. I, I love it so much. And I just have to say that, you, you know, I've told you this for years because I always liked how you announced and you'd say, this man is an expert in this and that. And like, you have the whole rundown of the guy and I've never heard a ring announcer do that before. And I told you, I said, Hey, I like what you're bringing to it. You're not just introducing the guy. You're giving him like, you're giving him like a real true introduction to the guy as if he was on your podcast or something. And then, um, and then when you go nuts, like with the, it's time, you've really taken it to a new level. So kudos to you for crushing it in that arena. 
Uh, Chris, thanks so much. I really appreciate your kind words and respect it very much. I'm sitting here blushing like a baby. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> no, it gets me fired up, man. So I love well, it. And I, I love, love UFC. I have to say, that's my favorite sport of all by far now. And um, yeah, the past couple uh, months, I've, I've been loving it. I've been watching everything. Yeah, the shows have just been getting hit out of the park, and there's so many more shows to come, so much entertainment. We just came off UFC 244 last week with Nate's fight, which was a, a, a solid stoppage, in my opinion. The rest of the night was just totally packed it's with that. It's hard action. to say if you're not. It, it was it was like when we were watching it, we're like, come on. And then like when they showed later on, you're like, man, he was cut really bad. Well, you know, it's hard to say when you're not there, but you were there, you know. It was bad. And even Dana, went, you know, yeah. when we got into the octagon, commented that, you know, he was perfectly fine with the stoppage in so many words, as Dana would say it. And, you know, when you look at Nate's uh, face, and I read about a, a neurologist report on the injuries he was suffering, you know, if it continued, he could have actually been in danger of not his eyelid not being able to be fixed properly, which could possibly cause yeah. torn retina, loss of vision. There's so many more things that could happen beyond the obvious of the cut. But, you know, the skin, you put your finger in there, that cut could go all the way across his face if not slide down like something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's like, you know, I, it was yeah. a solid stoppage, in my opinion. And Nate's a warrior, I, you know, I he would have fought, fought to the death. That's what he is. That was one fight, and it's very rare, one fight where I just wasn't sure and kind of didn't care who won. I'm like, I love both of these guys, so whatever happens, happens. May the best yeah, man win. That was May really the cool. best man yeah, win. Yeah, it was very cool. And while you're on the uh, the uh, show here, I just want to say real quick, I want to let everybody know that Randy Couture is recovering very well after the heart attack that landed him in, in intensive oh, yeah. care. What a stud. Feels bad, walks to the hospital, yeah, and has a heart attack at the hospital. Jesus. You know, he texts yeah, me he's telling beast, me he's man. he's a beast. He he texts me telling me he's fine. He has this crazy thick blood and naturally high cholesterol and it it causes a block in his diagonal artery. It's just one of those things, but he's doing fine. I'm telling everybody Randy Couture is doing really well, thank God. So all good. All, all right. right. Yeah. All right, buddy. Sounds good. <laughs> Chris, we could have right, TJ? Chris, one of those guests that we can go on for two hours, can't we? Oh, without a doubt. I, we should probably say goodbye now. Otherwise, uh, we should all order dinner and sort of strap in. Well, you know what? We we can do this again soon. Uh, just let me know, man. Let me know whenever you know you want me to come back on. I'd love to come back on and have a longer discussion. Or you know, when I'm back down in LA, I can come down to the studio too. We can hang out a little bit longer. No problem. You're you're our show expert, Chris. We're going to be calling you, and we need you for certain things. I'd love to have you back on. We will have you on again real soon. There's just too much to talk about. Too much. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been great. TJ, it's great to talk to you again. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, coming back on. Thanks, right, Chris. You hit me up whenever you need me. You got it, Chris. We'll Take do. care, champ. I'll see you at goals. Maybe we'll, we'll hop over for a little lunch afterwards. You got it, buddy. Take care. All right. Take care, Chris. Bye-bye. Uh, Fascinating. Seriously, one of my favorite guests that we've ever had. And a little nugget, he was on episode 100 of its time. And now I have no idea what episode we're on. I think uh, 400 something like that oh it's yeah it's definitely over 400 there's yeah. no question so we've been yeah. talking to him off and on for you know pretty much the entire existence of this podcast and yeah it's uh it's great the guy knows his stuff and um you know th there's nothing wrong with information and someone can disagree with you but you are the one that is always going to make the decision for yourself and there is no better basis on making those decisions than information and even if you want to go against what chris is saying about certain things um, go out there and find the information for yourself and draw the conclusions that you will. But just, we live in this information age, Bruce, and, uh, more of it, the better, I think. 
I thoroughly agree. Thoroughly agree. Um, let's go on to a few news stories. I've got to get ready. I've got my first uh, It's Time comedy night show tonight at the Laugh Factory I in know. Hollywood. I was going to come down. A couple of uh, things have unfortunately not gone my way. Uh, I had a flu shot today, Bruce, and they asked me if I was sick because you're not supposed to get a flu shot if you're sick. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I've got some allergies. I should be all right. I don't think I have allergies. I've like progressively been getting worse all day long, and now I think I may have taken a flu shot when I was actually sick. No, that's, that sucks. Take care of yourself, though, TJ. Take yeah, care of yourself. Not good. Sorry to hear about that because I'd love you to be there tonight. It's the first It's Time Comedy Night. My partner comic, Sam Tripoli. We got Eddie Bravo. We got Tony Hitchcliffe, Kate oh. Quigley, Ian Edwards, Adam Hunter. It's going to be awesome. Are and, you doing uh, a set or no? I'm going to come on in the beginning. going to do about five minutes. You know, I'll have a few little giggles in there and then get everybody going. But uh, I'm not a professional comic, as we know. Not this yet. Is definitely. Not yet. <laughs> it's, it, I'm just a lover of stand-up comedy, as right. you know. We've had so many comedians on the show. I'm tickled pink that I can have, you know, um, my own label this time, Comedy Night, and bring on my friends and people I know that are great comics, and I plan on having more than one show. And this is something I just want to develop purely out of my passion and my love for stand-up comedy and comedy in general. And tonight's going to be right out of the park hit, or hit right out of the park, because i got definitely great comedians coming on the show and more to come. So with that being said, the show will be published after the, or posted after the show is out there and there will be another show, but it's be at the lap factory in Los Angeles where the next show will be too. And we'll keep you in tune here on it's time radio. When the next it's time comedy night happens, TJ, I have to leave here in about five minutes. I've got a, a number of things to do, but there are a couple uh, stories. We can't go over everything I want to talk about this week. Um, we've already covered UFC 244. Uh, just so much happened there. All our fans, UFC fans listening, have, I'm sure watch. How can you not watch that show if you're not a UFC fan? Congratulations to Corey Anderson. Congratulations to Jorge Masvidal. Congratulations to Nate Diaz being the warrior that he is. And everybody else that was on that show, Darren Till, you name it, it was just action-filled. And I, I'm just so proud of all these warriors. And it was such a great night. You know, The Rock was there. Of course, we all know President Trump was there. A lot of fanfare that night. And the amazing thing about it is during the Canelo fight, because we were running the UFC pay-per-view during the same time that the Canelo fight where he entered the light heavyweight division in boxing and won, which makes him one of the greatest boxers ever, now being a three-division champion and all that's in his history. TJ, I don't know if you know this. They actually showed the Nate Diaz fight, I was told, in the arena and waited until it was over before they started the main event of that night of boxing at the arena that it was being held at. Can you believe that? That makes you a BMF. That's incredible. Incredible. And uh, the BMF belt has been handed out. I don't know if it will be handed out again. I am a favorite and lover of the true championship belts. It was a lot of fun. It definitely created a lot of noise. And we'll see where it goes from there because I have absolutely no idea if it will come up again. But it's definitely in people's ears. And no, I did not say it the way it's said by other people. I did say that this person who wins, in so many words, would be the BMF of the octagon, which pretty much lays it out. Um, let's see here. TJ sharks. They're spotting a lot of sharks in Maui. Those of you that are in vacationing in Maui, they're forcing beaches to be closed, close them for a second day in a row. As of this report where sharks have been spotted, always be careful and enjoy your trips. That's all I can say. Another thing is in the wildlife situation in life. TJ, this woman was basically found with a python wrapped around her neck. She was in Indiana, an eight-foot python snake wrapped around her neck. She died from asphyxiation. Okay? The the pythons are native to Southeast Asia. Uh, She's a woman who had a 
approximately 20 snakes. Oh, excuse me. There were 140 snakes on her property, and 20 of the snakes belonged to her. Well, it looks like her love of snakes got her in the end. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's that's one thing to have nuts. a love of snakes. It's another thing to just be uh, crazy, and that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Another crazy thing that's really wild is, uh, of course, the World Series ended. The Washington Nationals came out on top. Houston Astros came out on the bottom, although they are winners because they made the World Series. TJ, there was one guy named Mattress Mac. Show you how people go crazy on betting. He lost $13 million on the game. $13 million in bets. And he claims he can't, he can't wait to bet again. Good for him. <laughs> I wish I could lose $13 million and say I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, well, he he had a business, right, a mattress business, and he promised to give customers to spend more than $3,000 on certain mattresses a full refund if the Astros won the World Series. Well, at least he didn't have to give that money back, but he probably would have preferred giving $3,000 per purchase back than $13 million. Yeah, no, uh, crazy World Series, by the way, the first time in uh, over 100 years that uh, the road team won every single game, and that's not going to happen again in our lifetime, at least I don't think. I mean, never say never, but that is bonkers, and... Uh, congrats to the Washington Nationals. And did you see the three girls that bared their breasts at the game? I did. And then they came on TMZ, interviewed them, and, you know, all respect. We're not putting them down. They did what they did. But, I, you know, they said they did it for awareness of breast cancer. I'm just wondering how many people that saw that happen immediately thought, I need to donate to breast cancer. And that's not what they were trying to do. They're trying to get people like you and I, days removed from the World Series, to talk about it. And we are. Mission accomplished. Yeah, mission accomplished. They got it. They were banned for life. The uh, Major League Baseball has banned them for life. They are never allowed to attend another Major League Baseball game for the rest of their lives. Do you right. think that that's a hard punishment? I mean, it's a hard punishment, yeah. Um, is it deserved? Maybe. Um, bottom line is no one will remember in five years, and they'll probably go to another ball game. Uh, yeah, I think nobody will remember in five weeks. Uh, I think people forgot. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be remembered for a year, but I mean, unless there's like facial recognition software uh, utilized at every major league park to keep people out that are on a banned list. Uh, and maybe there is. I'm not saying that there isn't, but, I mean, people are going to forget. If they want to yeah, go to a ball game, they can. And another situation here that's involving a ban, Fortnite, the video game, you know, extraordinary success around the world. Uh, Jarvis K is a member of the eSports team, Faze Clan, I think, if I'm saying it correctly. Got very emotional. He was found using what they call aim bots, which are bots that are, I, I'm not really clear on this. He's you cheating. put an aim bot in your software. He's cheating. He's cheating where it, it aims really correctly. Well, they have banned him from life. And this is a very successful high money earner in the esports arena, you know, being that he's an 18 year old kid. But they have banned him for life. And he is basically can't even attend Fortnite uh, things, can't play the game. Um, well, if you were caught cheating at something like that and you were kicked out, would you even want to go to one of those events? No, and I think I, in this case, I you know, there's been other guys that have been found cheating, but they weren't banned for life. But I got to tell you, I'm so against cheating in every aspect of it and every situation you possibly think of. I have no problem with it. Well, I but mean, it's, it's not just cheating at a video game either. If people don't really understand, like there are millions of dollars on the line for some of these esports players and. Uh, I, I think uh, in one of these Battle Royale tournaments uh, coming up, I think this month, there's like a $2 million uh, prize yeah. pool going on in, in San Francisco. So it's not just like putting in cheat codes and playing your buddy on the, the sofa. It's, it's a, the stakes are much higher. Agreed. 
Agreed. And, you know, Fortnite is putting out $100 million in prize money this year. It's, wow. it's just so big, so big, so wow. big. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll reverse it. People are going to his defense, ask him to. But you know what? You play, you pay, and you got to be careful. Don't cheat. Cheating is don't lie, don't cheat, folks. Well, You'll be better off in life. I mean, once you cheat and, you know, it's, it's proven that you're cheating, like, people are going to question all of your success. And, like, when did this cheating begin? Had he not cheated? Maybe we'd never know his name. You know what I mean? Maybe he doesn't get to the prominence that he uh, has at this point. So you never exactly. know. TJ, you go to a ballpark and get a bobblehead? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do a little collectible talk. I'm going to say goodbye. Um, a 14-inch 1961-62 bobblehead of a Yankee was finally sold. There are only three known. Went for $90,000 last week. Damn. And also, too, if you're into this, this is weird as weird can be. Ted Bundy's murder kit, mm-hmm. uh, which was a trove of dangerous items that was taken from his infamous Volkswagen Beetle. You know, there's all these movies and documentaries on Ted Bundy all over Netflix right now. The one with Zac Efron is actually a really, really good movie. Um, the Ghost Adventures host Zach Baggins, uh, or star Zach Baggins, he bought the Ted Bundy murder kit. Eerie. A little eerie for me. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. And a again, people, we tell you check your closets, check your excuse me, check your attics, go to your grandparents' house, people's houses, people that have been around this life for a very, very long time. Uh, another medieval masterpiece was found in a French kitchen, um, and it's it's just basically like a little statue. And they just sold it for over twenty six million dollars. Had, had no idea what it was. God, we should be so lucky, TJ. Uh, I mean, seriously, like, uh, wh- where do I, you know, check someone's attic? Because I don't know anybody that. Uh, I can just go in their house and check their attic and I don't have one, but, uh, I definitely went through my grandparents after they passed away. Uh, didn't find anything like that, but, uh, trust me, I went looking. Amazing. And one last thing, feel good story. A man in Massachusetts, right? His name, <clears throat> excuse me, the Massachusetts State lottery on Wednesday. He just hit, he had just won a million bucks in a 4 million instant jackpot game. His name is Rolf Rhodes. So he won the million dollars, but guess what, TJ? What? It's the second time he's won a million dollars. I mean, it's a state uh, a state lottery, so the odds are significantly uh, better than, like, say, winning Mega Millions. Uh, I wonder what the odds were. I mean, it, it may be, you know, instead of one in 93 million or whatever, it might be, you know, one in a million. But the fact that he's done it twice, that's crazy. I know. What are the odds? Yeah, we should be so Well, lucky, there are twice- actual odds. I mean— you oh, know, I know, but the, odds it out. Winning, yeah. but, but the odds get even more sure. magnified no, winning it twice. That's 100%. Crazy. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it is bonkers. I'm just curious if it was, like, numbers that he plays multiple times, if it's, like, uh, a quick pick. Like, not that there's real strategy, because there can't be strategy in something that's completely random, but, you know, what the thought process was and how he plays the lottery. Yeah, they don't get that across in the story that I had I got this from. But, you know, bottom line, congratulations to him. I love seeing people win. I love seeing people make money. I just love seeing people happy and successful. With that note and said, TJ, I got a jam, got a busy day here. Um, we'll be back next week with another special guest. Great to have Chris Bell on. Anything you want to tell our audience before we go? Uh, I am working with up-and-coming podcasters. If they would like to schedule a consultation, it's absolutely free. Uh, I can uh, produce your podcast for you potentially or just help you find your way into uh, you know breaking the barrier down uh, to get on the air. Um, reach out to me uh, on Twitter at TJ DeSantis, send me a DM, or you can send me an email, uh, DeSantisProd, that's D-E-S-A-N-T-I-S, prod, P-R-O-D, at gmail.com.
Very cool. And for me, of course, uh, on Instagram, at Bruce Buffer UFC, Twitter, at Bruce Buffer. Everybody, I want you to have a great week. Be the best you can be. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Write your goals down. Learn about them. So when you set on that path and you go down to achieve those goals, you just are and perform the best you can be. Because why? When you do that, you're winning. And that's what we talk about on It's Time Radio. Feel good about yourself. Be confident about yourself. Stand above be tall, be strong, believe in yourself, and be a winner. I wish you all the best in life. We'll be back next week, and we'll talk about winning much, much more. Take care, everybody. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. At T-Mobile, you can get two powerful iPhone 11 Pros on us. The three cameras are perfect for capturing my DIY projects. I'm repainting our car. Wow, the ultra-wide camera really captures all the uh, flames. Switch today and get two new lines for 90 bucks, plus two iPhone 11 Pros on us with qualifying trading. For well-qualified customers, plus taxes and fees, essentials plan with auto pay, phone via 24 credits. If you cancel before 24 credits, remaining balance on full price of 999.99 for each device may be due. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required.